All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves, the official, official podcast of HockeyFights.com. You love pugilistic fist throwing? Go to HockeyFights.com. I know whenever I'm feeling down or a little aggressive, Tim, I just cue up some old hockey fights. I go, tink, 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 Tiger Williams. Or I go, bing, bing, Marty McSorley. And I sit there for a good half an hour to an hour. And it makes me feel better. What about you? How often do you go back and watch your own fights just for pumping your own tires? You know what's funny? They, uh, they sometimes queue up, but I don't watch them very often. I would say every other day, but that's not a lot. Which, which of your fights have you watched the most? Oh, gosh. Um, it's funny. I think the one I watched the most is when I fought Derek Dorsett because I just think it's funny. He just jumps. Is that the hair in. one? No, that was Bald Duke. Derek Dorsett was with Columbus. I was with Chicago. We were up by a bunch, and he came across and, like, jumped me, drops his gloves, and he's just a short little guy. But, he, you know, he's like a little pit bull, and he rips me one right across the jaw. And I was like, oh, okay, we're fighting. And then I, <laughs> I like, kind of pounded him with the back of my hand and do-do-do-do-do into the ice. But it was, I, I think that one's funny. The announcers are great in that one. They're really good. Pat Foley, like one of the best. But I, don't know. I try not to watch my fights. I'm not that guy. I, I Funny, I never watched the ones where I lost. I lost two decisively to Colt Nor and Justin Johnson. I never watched those again. Well, I don't want to say never, but not very often. Who do you think uh, from your era watches their fights the most? Oh, gosh. I don't want to throw stones or anything, but <laughs> there's probably a few guys who do. I, I don't know if I'm lucky enough or I'm, I, I'm just crazy busy. Or I'm like, if, if I get a moment's you know, time alone, I'm not going back and looking at my own fight. Like, I, I don't know. I got so much stuff going on. I'm laying grass outside, building sheds. Like, it's just an endless list of things I have to do. It honestly is. Yeah. The real world gotta, is hard when you retire, huh? Oh, my goodness. There's so much to do, and there's not enough time in the day. And then that, that makes me want to apologize to the listeners. We have been a little sporadic with our episodes, and I'll take full responsibility for that. We'll get back on track this week, and then starting next week, we'll be better. We'll get a better release date. Usually, you know, we're pretty strong three, three times a week. Hey, well, you know, hey, 
it was a strange couple of weeks. Tim broke his leg. I had family come in. It was just, there was a lot happening. So now we've got that out of the way. Tim's going to go home tomorrow. It's great. Right, Tim? You're going to be bouncing around. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'll take some credit. There was some blame there too, I guess. Just trying to uh, get through the day most days. But I, I want to get back into it. And thank you for our fans for being patient with us. But uh, nah, let's talk some hockey, John. Oh, my gosh. So what a disappointment. My, the town where I was born, I was born in Edmonton, Alberta. On a blustery fall day, September 26, 1982, I was born, lived in the North End in a trailer park. Like, I am Edmonton. They get just absolutely – and here's the strange thing about this series. It was the closest sweep I have ever seen ever in the hockey playoff series. There was three games that went to overtime. And one game, it was a 2-1 game, and they scored a couple empty net goals. So all four games could have gone either way. And it, it doesn't seem like a sweep. It, like watching all of the games, it didn't seem like Winnipeg was that much better of a team. But goodness gracious, they come out looking pretty good, winning four straight. Nobody would have guessed this series would have been swept by either team. And if there was a sweep, I would wager that if you're a betting man, you would have bet for the Edmonton Oilers. Winnipeg was coming in. They were cold. They were injured. There were just so many question marks with this team. And they come in, and they they must have gelled. They must have done something because they looked like a really, really strong team. Connor Hellebuck played lights out. All their top guys performed. Nicholas Ehlers came back. He was great. Mark Shifley played strong. Blake Wheeler was flying up and down the ice. The defense looked strong. They contained Connor McDavid. Everything worked for Winnipeg. And then on contrast, you look at the Edmonton Oilers. I can arguably say, like, this, this, you know, could get you in hot water. Their worst player is Connor McDavid. Come on. You know what? Two of his turnovers directly resulted in losses for their team. He was not effective. He had one good game. The other three games, he, he didn't do anything. He wasn't effective. He wasn't a th- – I don't want to say he wasn't a threat. But if, if you're Connor McDavid and you put up 100-plus points in 56 games, you're expected to do more. And you uh, – turnovers from you directly resulted in two games where you guys lost. And when you're playing on that razor edge of every game is going into overtime, it's a one-goal game, you can't be turning the puck over. And he did it twice. So I don't and, – and even in the decisive game, he turns it over, Winnipeg goes down and scores, and that's, that's the goal that cost him the game. So maybe it's a little bit harsh to say he's their worst player, but I, you could say that he did the most damage to his team. He was not an asset out there, right? Or am I just being a little too, little too over the top? You probably are. This is not the, this is a series I didn't get to watch as many games as some of the other ones just because of the time difference. But um, I do know that Neil Pionk is getting a ton of credit for, for lining up against him and shutting him down. He's a, a smaller guy who's very quick. He's one of the guys that can shut down Connor McDavid because a typical shutdown defenseman of that big, strong guy is just not enough to shut down Connor McDavid because he just gets burned, right? We've seen it time and time again. Pionk steps in. He does his job. I'm, I imagine that's a huge part of this. But McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, Dreisaitl, his expectations should be just as high as McDavid's, really, if you think about it. And he didn't do much either. So I think, it's, uh, I think it's just putting too many eggs in one basket. I don't know what you do to address that. You kind of 
I don't know. I mean, like, how did how did Penguin the Penguins make it work for so long with all their money and the Crosby and Malkin contracts? Yet they still had such a strong supporting cast all those years. Now those contracts aren't what these guys are. It was it added up to like fifteen or sixteen compared to the twenty, and that makes a huge difference. But I, I, I don't know. Is it just a, a GM that kind of needs to come in and make a difference here and, and add some supporting cast? I feel like we say that every year, though. Well, this is where I think Ken Holland he made a huge mistake. And he, he said this going into the trade deadline. He's like, listen, I know when it's time to go all in. And you'll know when it's time. And he didn't choose this season. I, they went out and they got Kulikov. Big deal. You know what I mean? When other – like, give me another scenario when it's time, not time to go all in. If, if you're Ken Holland, you have Connor McDavid, who is having one of the 10 best seasons in NHL history. In the history of the NHL, over 100 years, he has one of the 10 best point-producing seasons. He gets 100 points in 50 games. Only nine other guys have done that. Or nine other times that's happened. And, you know, Wayne Gretzky did it a couple other times. So you have that going for you. You have Dreinsidel, who's having an epic season. Dreinsidel. Dreinsidel. I don't care. I don't know how to say it. I honestly don't. I sit in the I mirror and I – I sit in the mirror and I try to work on it. It doesn't happen. It's one of those words. I just can't do it. He's having an unbelievable season. You have Mike Smith, a 39-year-old goalie who is having a career season. He's playing fantastic. You have a defense who is rounding out. Like, they're, they're coming together. That's been your Achilles heel for the last three, four, five years. All of a sudden, your decor is strong. You have guys who can jump up in the play. Darnell Nurse is having a fantastic season. Ethan Bear is coming together. You have a great defensive core. When is it going to be a better time for you to go all in? You're playing in this division that you know all the teams. It's, it's a strange kind of setup. Teams are desperately trying to unload guys because of the salary cap and the expansion draft. Teams are trying to maneuver. They're trying to unload assets. The guys were out there. Taylor Hall got traded for a stinking second rounder. When is the time, if you're Ken Holland, to go all in, if it's not this year? If I'm Connor McDavid and I'm these guys, I'm marching into his office. I'm like, what are you doing, man? It's not going to get any sweeter than this. It's not going to get any rosier of a situation. This was our time. This was it. Everything lined up perfectly. Do you think Mike Smith is going to be this good next year? No. Do you think Connor McDavid is going to be this outstanding next year? Probably not. Maybe. Like he had an out of this world season. Out of this world season. And you're sitting there as a GM and you're like, you know what? He might do it next year. Maybe. Do you think Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry and those guys are going to be as good next year as they were this year? They were outstanding this year. Absolutely outstanding. Darnell Nurse led, the, led all D-men in five-on-five uh, five points. Do you think that's going to happen again next year? No. No, it's not. Like, what, honestly, Tim, what, what is he waiting for? The deals were there. The guys were there. He just completely just said, nah, you know, like, push it to next year. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. You had your opportunity. You deserve to get swept because you didn't do enough to help out those top two guys because, they like, then they put them on the same line and it makes it super easy to defend them. 
okay, we're going to put our two best defensemen in our best checking line, and we're just going to bottle up the middle of the middle of the ice. We're going to force you outside, and you're going to get your points here and there, but not very many. You're not going to get the three, four, five points a game that's going to beat us. We'll give you maybe one. That's all. Like it just it doesn't make sense, and for them to go like, oh, you know, we had a great season. We're really excited about next year. You can't repeat this year. You had it was a fantastic season. I don't know. I'm upset at Edmonton. Okay. I'm upset at Ken Holland. Yeah, but you were you were you were critiquing the Blues GM for not being realistic. He should have been a seller at the deadline, and this is not the same situation. But I think you got to look around and realize that like the, the how strong Montreal is, you're more than a piece away from getting out of this division. Like trading for Mike Hoffman and Curtis Lazar doesn't get you past Montreal. So like, you what, mean what Toronto? Kind of could are you th- speaking of Toronto? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. So, like, if you're the if you're Edmonton, like, what what moves do you make of a deadline to think that puts you ahead of, of Toronto? Why why can't getting a Taylor Hall put you ahead of Toronto? I think they're much, I think they're just much further behind than that. They I don't think they are. Winnipeg. They got swept. I don't. Taylor Hall does not win them that series. Yes, no he way. does. Hands down. If you get Taylor Hall and Curtis Curtis Lazar, you win that series. You lose every game in overtime. You don't think Taylor Hall comes in and settles down that second line? You bump a player down. You have a solid second line now. You can put him with Nugent Hopkins. And then you have McDavid, Dreinsidel, and Paul Vieri. And then you have Nugent Hopkins, Hall, and whoever else. Like, that's a pretty formidable top two. He guaranteed wins, guarantee wins them that series. I Without don't a doubt. Know about that. I think it's not a sweep anymore. But even if you do manage to get by Winnipeg, Toronto's a juggernaut. You're not getting past them. No way. Taylor Hall no. and Curtis Lazar, they don't get you past Toronto. But – Toronto's always going to be a juggernaut. They have the same age players. Matthews, like, Marner, Nylander, they're always going to be in Toronto. So what's the reason there? you got to be closer there? before the deadline. Oh. You need to address those moves in the offseason now so that you're closer. And if a deadline, you're only a couple pieces away. They didn't do that last offseason. They were more than a couple pieces away. Why Morgan's the future? I know, I know it sounds crazy because you had the best player in the world playing out of his mind. But I, you, you just – Making a couple of moves of a deadline would not have got them out of this division. They are going to have the sixth – it's the 16th or 19th overall pick. When's the last time the 16th or 19th overall pick came in and made an impact? Maybe out of the last 10 draft picks, there's two, maybe one. I don't like those odds. If I'm Ken Holland and I'm looking at the deals that went down, I'm going, okay – I can get a Kyle Palmieri for a first-rounder and a Travis Zajac. Done. Oh, I can get a Taylor Hall for a second-rounder. Done. That changes your whole team, putting those three guys and a Curtis Azari. You're putting four guys into the lineup. You're getting four guys. Even if it's not Palmieri and Zajac, you're getting two guys in and you're taking two guys out. That makes such a huge difference on a team. It really, really does. And if I'm Ken Holland, I am just – kicking myself for not making some kind of move. You really blew it. You're never going to get this kind of play out of Mike Smith. You're not going to get this kind of play out of Connor McDavid. I think he's going to be great, but he had an exceptional season. Like this is one at one for the ages. It really is. And I don't think this is going to happen again. He'll, he'll get a lot of points. Yes, but man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he can put it together again, but I would be upset. Because you, you really want to save this first rounder. You really want to, like, it, it's going to be great because their draft history has been just been out of this world. Unless 
even their first round number one overalls don't pan out half the time. Like, it's just, it drives me bananas. Wayne Gretzky was so upset he left. He's like, I'm out of here. I can't take this anymore. I'm out of here. I'm going to TNT. I'm going to go work hockey games. And by the way, I don't think that's going to work out. Do you see Wayne Gretzky being a, a commentator like a Charles Barkley or a Shaquille O'Neal? I don't see it. He doesn't, he doesn't have the personality for it. No, he doesn't. I, you know, I hope he, he surprises us and he proves us wrong. He just doesn't seem like he, he's got that. You know what I mean? He's just very, he's just very polite. He's very James Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> well, it's like the same thing with his coaching. You know, people just expect certain things when you're the best player of all time. But he was exactly that and probably not more when it comes to these other hockey jobs he's tried to do. And he hasn't really had success in any of them. Being a world-class talent does not make you have a good personality. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've been excited to meet these guys. They were my, like, coming into the NHL, I was like, these guys are my idols growing up. And then you meet them and you're completely let down. You're like, this guy sucks. I don't like this guy at all. He's a loser. He's boring. And then you're just like, ah, that wasn't that fun. And then you figure out the guys who are awesome or the guys who are not the stars are just the plumbers and they're just the beauties. And you're just like, this is great. All right. I'm going to spend my time over here because these guys are awesome. They're going to be at the card table. They're going to be, you know, having a couple of drinks after the game. And the, uh, it just, you know, you find the rare gem, like the Joe Thornton who kind of bucks the trend. He kind of does everything. The guy's a legend, but for the most part, the, the guys who are the, no, 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 I don't want to, Cause any riffs with my friends. I know, I know. Do you see his goal last night? Yeah, Jumbo. He's a you know it, he that goal. He is the oldest guy to score for the Maple Leafs in playoff history. Is that right? Yeah, isn't that neat? Yeah, probably from the second oldest guy to make an assist for them. Spezza. Yeah, Spezza. They said the the previous mark holder was Patrick Marlowe. Kind of cool. <laughs> that is cool. Kind of neat. But anyways, let's move on to the Toronto series, Tim. What do you think? Yeah, Toronto looks pretty good. Montreal doesn't have an answer for him except for Carey Price playing as well as he can. But, yeah, this is not, this is not looking good for Montreal. You know, when you, when you wager a bet with somebody, you never know what to expect. And Tim and I had a bet, if you guys remember, we bet a few episodes ago. Montreal had just won the first game. They were up one nothing. Tim was all cocky and brash and feeling feeling good. He's like, I, you know what? Toronto's not going to win the next four. And I said, put, put some money where your mouth is, Tim. And we bet $50. Are you ready to admit that you were wrong? And are you still confident that Montreal will win a game? I think they do. I think they're, they're, they're too scrappy to get to lose four in a row, I think. And I think, I think Carey steals one tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, I still feel good about that bet. Well, let's make another bet. I'll give you two <laughs> to one. I'm man, John. I'll give you two to one odds. Another 50 bucks. If I win, you owe me 100. If you win, I owe you 50. 150. Wait. 150. Okay. What is it? It's just a, for one, one game. Oh, just double down? Yeah. Uh, no. All right. No, I'm good. I'm a, I'll stay where I am. All right. 
Not that confident in Montreal, but I will say you are right. Carey Price looks unbelievable. If if he wasn't playing for Montreal, it would be a completely different series. He has had some highlight reel saves. He's been playing really, really just solid. You know what I mean? Uh, he is the answer to Canada's goaltending and net for, for the next 10 years. Carter Hart's out the window. <laughs> Carey Price is back. He, he's playing unbelievable. Jack Campbell playing pretty well himself. Not that he's seeing a lot of rubber. Not that he's having these high, high, you know, chances against. He's playing pretty well. He, he pitched a shutout last game for nothing. I don't know. Uh, I was a little surprised by them putting Jack Campbell in that. I guess I'm eating my words, but good for him. I, I think this is a, is a good move by Kyle Dubas. Who do you think makes that decision? Is it Keefe or is it Kyle Dubas? Dubas, and I think it's Keefe. Oh, am I am I pronouncing his name wrong? Yeah, it's Dumas. Dubis. Dubis. <laughs> All right, we got three games tonight, Tim. They're yeah. elimination games. We yeah. got Minnesota and the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, this has been a tale of two series. Every game has been one team I think is dominated, then the other team was dominated. The next, Minnesota dominated last game. The game before that, Vegas dominated. What two teams are going to show up tonight? It's been such a strange series. There hasn't been like a really close game. It's just been awful by one team, totally lopsided by the other team. What's going to happen? What's your prediction? The Vegas Golden Knights are up 3-2. to two. They're playing in Minnesota. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? The, the reason Minnesota has been in it lately has been the Colby Greenway, Marcus Foligno. That line has been unbelievable. The – Erickson Eck, Erickson Eck, Erickson Eck, yeah, he's been really good. What's your prediction for tonight with this series? I think Vegas closes it out. I wouldn't even be surprised if Fleury puts up a uh, shutout. I just think he's, I think he's going to be just honed in and close this out and be ready for Colorado in a couple days. I disagree. I feel like Cam Talbot, man, he is, he is the epitome of hot and cold. He he plays so – I think he's going to rise to the occasion. They're at home. Not that that means anything, but they have the home cooking. They're going to be staying at home. I think that adds a little bit. I like this series going to seven. For some reason, Minnesota, they play Vegas well. I know they've been you know going back and forth like I just said. I just like the way Minnesota's put together. Zach Parise didn't make a difference at all, by the way. He gets slotted into the lineup, and he's just an absolute just afterthought. He was dashed to the first game. He hasn't done anything. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but I like their first two lines. They're a hard out. Like I said before, it's all going to depend on the back four. If those guys can produce, if Jonas Brodeen is Dumba's playing well, those guys are playing well, Spurgeon's jumping up in the rush, Minnesota has a chance. Not a chance. They're going to, they're going to win this game. And if this goes to seven – I don't know what's going to happen. I don't like Vegas in seven. I like Minnesota in seven. So if Vegas has any chance of moving on, they got to win this game. I'm calling it right wow. now. Yeah. Wow. So, but I, for tonight, I'm taking Minnesota. Do you think, I think Colorado would sweep Minnesota. Maybe call. five games. I, I don't trust any, any of your predictions. I don't trust them at all. <laughs> You said Edmonton was oh. going to sweep Winnipeg. I am. I did not say that. I, you said, <laughs> I did not say that. You said Winnipeg was going to win, though. Or Edmonton was going to win. I did. Yeah, most people did. Not me. No one saw a sweep coming. I didn't see a sweep, but I had Winnipeg. No big deal. I had him a long time ago, though. Um, so you're taking Vegas. I'm taking Winnipeg. 
Or gosh, I got Winnipeg <laughs> on my mind. I got to relax. A Minnesota. Bit. I'm taking Minnesota. All right. What's the next one, Tim? We got Florida versus Tampa Bay. Also, elimination game. Tampa's up three to two. But to you me, know, the big story of this game is Spencer Knight. Did you see him the other night? No. What this happened? Is, uh, <laughs> this is the, the kid. He's an uh, American goalie, 20 years old, played two years at BC, and he won oh, the, Florida, the yeah. gold. Yeah, he won the gold with um, uh, Team USA and the juniors a couple months back. Lights out. He's just so freaking good. He saw he let in the first shot he saw on uh, whatever Monday night, and then he stopped thirty six straight, got the win against the best team in hockey, in my opinion. So yeah, this is this kid's the real deal. Who knows if this is a um, I don't know. This like just the the gears just working where your, your energy and your emotion kind of riding high in, in that situation. He's the youngest goalie ever to make his playoff debut in an elimination game. A lot riding on that, and then he, does he kind of settle back toward the mean tonight again? And and guys like Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and all those guys finally get past him, or does he stand tall? This is who he is. I, honestly, he should have been. He should have started earlier than this. He's so good. He plays so well. He works his angles. He doesn't give up a ton of rebounds. I like Florida tonight. I think they're going to win this game, uh, but I don't think they win the series. How about the stones on Joe Quinville throwing this kid in net? I like, like it. What, what is going on with Florida's goaltending situation? They got Bobrovsky. They got Drake. $10 million dollar backup. Hey, hey, not even a backup. Third stringer now. What, like, it's completely bizarre to me what is happening with the goaltending situation, not only in Florida, but throughout the league. There's, there's no loyalty. Everybody's just going for the hot kid. Well, in, in 2018, they, they used their first-round pick to draft the goalie, and then they signed the, whatever, 30-year-old to, like, a seven-year deal. Makes no sense. At $10 million per. It's crazy. It's crazy. a very tough, tough contract to move. I, I, I bet you he's going to be exposed in the expansion draft. I don't see how it's going to take. But, yeah, this, this is an exciting – there's been a lot of bad blood between these two teams. I, I would say of all the series – these two teams hate each other the most. There's, there's so many scrums. There's a lot of slashes and ticky-tack play. It, it'll be interesting. I think Tampa Bay closes out. They're too good. I, I don't think they, they're going to let it go to seven. But, gosh, it's, it's been a really entertaining series. I, I thought Tampa would work them and it would be a, a kind of a cakewalk for them. But Florida's hung in there. You know, they got a good team. I, I, I don't know much about the Spencer Knight. Hopefully he can shine. He can kind of – do a Carter Hart, what he did a couple years ago, and really, you know, go on a run. But I would love to see a game seven. Everyone loves a game seven, but I'm taking Tampa to close out the series. We're going opposites. We are. We're, I like we, it. We are not compatible whatsoever. I don't know no, what like it we is. don't talk anymore, John. Well, ever since you broke your leg, you're always on drugs. So I can't even <laughs> yeah. talk to you anymore. I, I talked to you I'm, on the phone. I'm Do you remember? Are you? Yeah, working on Why? Is it affecting your life? No, I just don't want to rely on it too much. Plus, I want to have some beers this weekend. So, gotta... Yeah, you do. Nice. Memorial Day, yeah. baby. All oh, right, yeah. let's, let's talk about this last 3-2 series that could potentially be over tonight. Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. What are your thoughts on this, Tim? Have you been watching this series? I have been watching this series. Um, this is the game. I think it went. Did it go to three overtimes or two the other night? Double overtime. Um, Tristan Yari, stay in your net. Stay in your net, goalies. Don't play the puck. Go ahead, Tim. He had two defensemen coming back, too. Tried to be clever with it. Do you think, though, my first reaction, I tweeted this out, too. Do you think that Crosby yelled at him the same way that Ovechkin yelled at his guy? 
No, I don't think he did, but there is a perfect camera view from behind the net, and you can see Tristan Yari's line of sight. I don't know what the heck he's passing at. There, there's a guy out at the red line. If he thinks he can sauce that over a four-checker and land it in the neutral zone, it is the cockiest stick play I've ever seen. And he's not known for, you know, he's not a Marty Turco or a Mike Smith or those type of goalies who can really rip the puck around. I was, I was shocked that he tried to play that puck and he puts it right on Josh Bailey's tape. It was unbelievable. And then Bailey goes in and he goes glove side. Tristan Yari needs to work on his glove. He holds it too low. Six goals. Six high glove goals in the series. Yeah. The first game they scored four. (laughs) It's remarkable that he's not adjusting, but as a goalie, how do you adjust? You can't all of a sudden just change your, your positioning. Like that, that's the way he plays the game. He, he holds his glove low and he goes up. It's a lot harder to go up than down. So that's why goalies are supposed to hang their glove high. If the shot comes, you go down quicker than you go up. That's just the way your reactions work. I don't know why. I'm not a doctor, but that's just the way it is. What do you think? I, I said this before game five. I said, if this goes to seven, Pittsburgh's going to win. I like the New York Islanders. I really, really do. I think they're a solid team. I think they're going to close it out tonight. I, I, I think Pittsburgh, their window is closed. And that's it. There's no more Sidney Crosby. May, you know, maybe he does pull a Phil Mickelson and gets a championship in like in three years and they draft pretty well and they, they go on a run. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just see the New York Islanders closing this out and then they go to Boston and they beat Boston. That's my prediction. I feel like the Islanders are such a good team. What we're not talking about, we're talking about Tristan Yari playing. And he didn't play bad, but he, he's, he's had some tough games this series. Ilya Sororkin has been playing out of this world. He's been playing so incredibly good for a young kid from Russia, coming in, stealing the net from Varlamov, and running away with it. He played the first game. Varlamov came back and played the second game. And then he just ran from it from there. He, he's playing really, really good hockey. I think he had something silly like 50-plus saves last game. And Yari only had like 30. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins outplayed the New York Islanders last game. But Ilya Sorokin just kept them in the game. He's, he's a smaller goaltender, very athletic, just always, always fighting for the puck, always battling. And that's what you want in the goalie. You want a goalie who battles and just is never out of the play and who's diving, is throwing his stick and just throwing anything you can to get in front of puck, like a Dominic Hasek. I just like this kid. I, I think as far as he goes, the Islanders will go because he is just such a good goalie. As a, as a neutral hockey fan, obviously I want the Penguins to win tonight, so we see a game seven. As a Bruins fan, I want Penguins to win game seven because I think the Bruins have a much better chance against them, especially with I think they can beat Yari, and I think they will. Um, but, man, the Islanders are a likable team. They're, they're, people always consider them the underdog, even if they – you know, they're, they're a good team. They don't get the credit that I think they should. So, Rokin's good. I love what they did at the deadline. Obviously, Anders Lee being out is kind of a – hurts them a little bit, but – They've been good. We haven't seen a ton from Barzal this series. If he can, you know, turn it on, I could see them stepping up and scoring like a couple goals out of nowhere and, and putting this series away tonight. Um, but I do like this team, and I think they would be a problem for the Bruins next week if it comes to that. Listen, here's the thing. If you're playing against a good team, which the New York Islanders are, the Pittsburgh Penguins are good, you're expected to 
pretty much get your first line shut down. Not shut down, but limited. That's the goal of playoffs is to eliminate their best players. So it, it doesn't surprise me that Matt Bar- Barzal isn't producing like he does during the regular season. If you have six, seven, eight days to prepare for a game and you know who their best player is, you are going to do everything you can to shut down that guy. So you'll notice in series, it's like, okay, Austin Matthews is still lighting it up. It's because Montreal is not that good of a defensive team. They're okay, but they're not that great. And you look at a team like the Winnipeg Jets, they're pretty, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't make much sense. Maybe I'm just making stuff up. But it just seems like I I don't put much stock into Matt Barzal not getting points. I feel like Pittsburgh is a good defensive team, and they're doing what, what they need to do. But this is how you win Stanley Cup championships. You have a good second line. You have a good third line. You have a good fourth line. Go back and look at all the championships that have been won. You need to have that secondary scoring. Yeah, your top guys, they put points up, but they're not getting it like they did during the regular season. You need the third, fourth lines chipping in or else you're not going to win. It just that you need to have that depth. The Islanders have it. The Bruins, I don't know if they have it. It's just uh, it's it's a necessary thing. You don't think the Bruins have it or you think they do? I think they do. The Islanders might be a little bit deeper. Like, I love their fourth line with uh, with a Clutterbuck, Martin, and Sezikis. Is that their yeah. fourth line? Yeah, that, they're good. And Martin, he's fun to watch. Every scrum, he's just like – he's kind of like a sheriff out there. Like, no one in this in this series can touch him. I don't think Boston really has an answer for him. I mean, like we said, like Kevin Miller will fight anyone if he has to. Nick Ritchie can fight him. But Matt Martin's uh, maybe the toughest guy in, in the East, I would say, probably, right? Definitely the toughest guy left in this – in this division right now. Um, they're fun to watch. Yeah, good point about Barzal. You know, as long as they're winning games, it doesn't really matter if he puts up the points. If he's taking the attention away from the other guys and their secondary guys are scoring, like Josh Bailey, like uh, – uh, who's Brock the other guy? Nelson. Yes, yeah. And Bavillier, like he scored a couple goals. So, now they're doing what they need to do, and they're, they're a really good team. I like to see them um, – I'd like to see the series go to seven, but – Gosh, it's hard to – the way they played in game five, I think they're going to come up, come away with it again. It, every time Pittsburgh scores, they have an answer for it. They, they bounce, they're very resilient. Yeah, they're tested. They're playoff tested. They went through it last year in the bubble. They know how to win. And I'll be interested to see how this game goes because, yeah, Crosby knows how to win too. Like, he's – He's the guy. You know what I mean? You never count against him. It's This is a very good series. I uh, Whoever wins this series will beat Boston. That's my prediction. But the only series I think going to seven is Minnesota and Vegas out of these three. So we'll see how it goes, Tim. Very, very interesting. And then the following night, Toronto will dispatch with Montreal. And I think Vancouver plays Calgary for the final regular season game. So we'll see how that ends up and shakes out. Very interested to see how Vancouver series uh, season ends because it's a very important game. Did you see JT Miller potentially asking for a trade? No. Yeah, there's a couple rumors out there that he uh, wants out of Vancouver. We'll have to get him on the show again, see if it's true. Just a quick hit. JT, you asking for a trade? No, man. Him and I still text all the time. You do? No. It wouldn't surprise me. You guys are best buds. Would not surprise me. Very likable, Tim. But anyways, that's it. Anything else, Tim? No, no. I, I do want to talk more about the, the whole Washington Capitals debacle. They're, they're just getting a lot of press right now, a lot of attention, but we can say that for another show. Yeah, let's, let's save it for another. There's so much going on right now. So we'll talk about those game sixes next time. We'll recap and predict the games coming up. But anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. We really appreciate the support. We'll get back to you guys on Friday. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.